Hi, I'm Jennifer Isabella. And I'm Sharon Lever. Your co-host for Forrester's podcast, What It Means, where we explore the major changes in the market influencing executive priorities. Today, we're joined by VP and Principal Analyst Rick Parrish to discuss why the time is right for a federal chief customer officer. Welcome, Rick. Thanks so much. Good to be here. So, Rick, maybe let's start with a broader question. Why should the federal government invest in CX and create a central role? Sure. Sometimes it can be tricky for folks in government to understand why they should try to improve the quality of the customer experience, because after all, they're not in a competitive market most of the time, like in the private sector. However, it's still really essential because, well, it's enlightened self-interest the same way it is in the private sector. It breaks down like this. What our research shows is that as government organizations improve the quality of their customer experience, they evoke customer behaviors that are necessary for the organization's own mission success. So just by way of example, uh, let's say that you're a tax agency. You need people to pay their taxes accurately and on time. That's core to your mission. Our data shows that if you improve the quality of the customer experience, people are more likely to do that. Or whatever else it is that your organization needs people to be doing. That's the crux of the issue. And so, as I say, it's enlightened self-interest. It's a, it's a win-win, the organization and the people who have to deal with you. So that's why it's important for government to focus on improving the quality of the customer experience because it drives mission success. And so then the follow on to that is, why do we need a centralized role to make that happen? Um, in theory, I, I suppose one could argue that they could all adopt that concept and just believe it and feel it and um, build the discipline and the capabilities to create better CX. What is a centralized role that oversees it all? Why is that so critical to to the success within the federal government? Sure, sure. and. Many government organizations, well, not many, but some, um, have been taking a more systematic approach to improving the quality of the customer experience in recent years. There are still plenty of gaps, but there has been some incremental progress. But the, the problem is that that progress is on an organization-by-organization organization basis. And so often, customers that the customers of government, the people who interact with government, their experiences cross organizational boundaries. You know, a lot of times people don't even know or care, frankly, which specific government organization they're dealing with. They have something they're trying to accomplish. I'm trying to figure out if I can afford to send my kid to college. I'm trying to retire. I'm trying to open a business, whatever. And the journeys that they go on to to try and achieve those goals cross organizational boundaries and that means that not only do does every specific organization that they interact with have to be thinking about its piece of the puzzle they also need to be thinking about how all the pieces of the puzzle connect to create a good customer journey and that's what a centralized federal chief customer officer can do the, a person in this position can um, can uh, create government-wide policy and guidelines and measurement frameworks and build resources that uh, keep keep everybody moving in the same direction, herd all the cats, 
uh, so that so that the actual experiences that people have are improved rather than individual silos and individual pieces of silos trying to do their own thing, no matter how well-intentioned. So I got to be honest, I'm going to be the pessimist for a minute. Um, mm -hmm. We're talking about the federal government. You, yep. you, you even caught yourself. You said many yes. of them. <laughs> no, well, okay, some have made some improvements. Mm -hmm. I, I wouldn't think that the current customer experience of most federal government agencies um, is at a top level. Um, so A, is that true? Because I know we, we score them, so you probably have insights on that and exactly where they fall and how different they are across the different agencies. And then second, it just seems like such a big mountain to climb, you mm -hmm. know, there mm -hmm. to go from really not caring about it to a centralized thinking about the complete journey of a customer um, sounds amazing, but the delta there just seems huge to me. So how realistic is it that anybody even in that position could be successful? Yeah, well, it is a mountain to climb and it's a years long journey, but it's a years long journey in the private sector, too, of course. So as you said, we do measure the quality of the federal customer experience. This is our federal customer experience index. And uh, what we've shown is that since 2015, uh, the quality of the federal customer experience has on average risen about four and a half points on our 100 point scale from not great to slightly less not great, <laughs> right? From 56.5 to 61.1 uh, on our 100 point scale. So 61 out of 100, not spectacular, especially when we, we see that growth over five years. But, you know, within there, some organizations have seen real improvement. Others have been flat the entire time. So what we see is actually a point spread on this on this hundred point scale of over thirty points between the weakest federal customer experiences and the strongest. So a huge difference. And of course, these government organizations do very different things. You know, so it's it's apples to oranges kind of stuff, right? So so um, uh, some of them are making some gains. Others are trying to make gains, but not succeeding, and others still still haven't figured out that they really need to be focusing on this in a serious way. What you don't want is what some people see as kind of a bad old days uh, traditional centralizing approach in the federal government, in which there's you know some central leader who tries to fit all the square pegs into round holes across the federal government and and really create some you know iron grip of central authority. That doesn't work. But what a, what a federal chief customer officer can do is oversee policy, guide spending, and, and, and act as a sort of um, coach for interagency coordination. And this can work. We've seen it work with, in other places in the federal government. You know, there is a, um, there is a federal CIO, for instance, and has not by any means solved all the federal government's technology problems. But there has been a noticeable and measurable improvement over the years in terms of, of coordinating a federal technology strategy that different agencies can find their place within and make progress towards. It's the same thing with CX, right? There can be that person who sets goals, who coordinates and herds the cats, 
Um, that you know that is a proven model. It can be done, and the time is actually ripe for it. A few years ago, I wouldn't have made the suggestion. Now we're ready. So we before we go to to why are we ready right now, mm. which I do want to dig into. I would assume part of that job too would be to bring to light some of the successes some of the different parts of yeah. the organization have had with customers. Can you can you give some examples of those where? There may have been improvements in certain parts of the government that are demonstrable and that we even see as as customers of the federal government. Sure, absolutely, and 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 there are a lot of people working really hard on this, you know. So I don't I don't want to I don't want to minimize um, the successes you know that they've had, especially when facing such seemingly insurmountable odds. One that um, uh, uh, one really interesting success is uh, TSA, the Transportation Security Administration. Uh, they have built a program called Ask TSA. That is a huge success. What Ask TSA is, is it started years ago as kind of uh, like a couple hours a day sort of Twitter office hours. <laughs> well, it started before that, which is, you know, the way a lot of government organizations started with social media, which was, we'll just use this as a channel to push out information, right? Um, uh, but then they they started opening up a little bit, you know, maybe, you know, we'll give you a little time to ask a question or this or that. Um, but what it's, it's really blossomed into a multi-channel give and take a question and answer thing where if you've got a question, um, can I bring this on a plane or not? Um, what's the status of this or that security at an airport? What are the wait times? You know, where you can go right to them. And they've got a whole team of people working around the clock to answer uh, some very, uh, uh, very challenging, very technical questions sometimes, even to respond to in, in the moment to some um, very challenging customer complaints. You know, for instance, there was a case a, a, a few years ago in which a, um, uh, uh, there was a transgendered person uh, who had a very bad experience at a, at a TSA checkpoint, got in touch with Ask TSA, and they helped solve the problem pretty quickly right there and then invited that person in to help redesign an experience um, that's better. You know, and, and I use TSA as an example because it's very easy for an organization like TSA to take a sort of traditional law enforcement approach. Where TSA, you have to go through our, our machinery, end of story. But what they understand is what I started out with, which was when you improve the quality of the experience, you evoke the behaviors you need to see in people. Things like follow the rules rather than trying to sneak something past us. Things like if you see something, say something, right? They get that advantage back to them. And so the Ask TSA program has been a key part of, of an actual measurable multi-year increase we've seen in the quality of the TSA customer experience. That sort of that sort of thing. So that's just, you know, that's just one example. There are there are certainly others out there, but I think that's a um, that's one that jumps out at me, perhaps just because um, it's been a year since I've had any business travel and I am ready to go. So let's go back to, you know, you you kind of had a line in here about the times now. It's ripe. The conditions are right for for having this centralized role. So what are those conditions? What What is so right about this moment in time for this role to be created? Mm -hmm. Sure. So there are really two factors. One I, I already referred to, which is less about time and more about the, the nature of the business, which is that um, customer interactions cross organizational boundaries. That's always been true. The other condition 
that has grown over the past couple of years to, to, to now when the time is right for this is that what, what we find is that organizations have to have an established focus on CX before creating a chief customer officer, which sounds maybe counterintuitive. You might think that that establishing a chief customer officer is a good first step. But what we found a few years ago uh, was that if you create a chief customer officer too soon, then what happens is everybody says, oh, good, there's somebody who's going to worry about customers. It's not our job anymore. Right. And then nothing happens. And that person spins their wheels and becomes a scapegoat and nothing, you know, and it doesn't work. But over the past, the past several years, actually since 2014, uh, over now three administrations in the White House, there, there has been a consistent and mature focus on CX. This started with the uh, initial cross-agency priority goal on what they call customer service back in 2014, which was updated and improved and matured in 2016. There's other stuff that's come out of the White House uh, since then. There's legislation like the 21st Century Idea Act, um, plus um, uh, more and more individual federal agencies have matured their approach to such a level that they now have chief customer officers of their own. And so it's been seven years now that there has been a, a sort of consistent maturing approach to the customer experience in the federal government. And so now's a good time, right? The culture is there. The focus is there. Now you can add that chief customer officer to do that policy coordination, budget coordination, interagency thing. Um, and it will be a productive part of the effort. So what are the characteristics of someone who would be successful in that role? There are, there are different kinds of people who can succeed in a CX role, depending on what the strategy is. And, uh, you know, uh, my colleagues, uh, notably Maxie Schmidt, notably Angelina Jenis, have done uh, work on uh, the sorts of people who can succeed in chief customer officer roles and, and deep dives into specific chief customer officers in government around the world. And what we found is that, uh, as I said, the kind of person you're looking for depends on the strategy. And so... Um, one of the things that, that, that we're going to have to see, and we still haven't seen yet because the Biden administration hasn't come out with its uh, what's called president's management agenda. They're still working on that. That'll be out probably early next year. If they're looking for a CX revolution, you know, some real quantum leap in federal CX quality, then they need kind of a visionary chief customer officer, somebody who's a risk seeker, who likes big ideas, new solutions. Um, and also somebody who has a pretty big personality, um, but also a, a high tolerance for ambiguity, right? So this sort of visionary leader, but but not a bully, right? You know, not somebody who's going to run roughshod over other people. Um, somebody who can combine kind of the art and the science of big change management, um, paint a picture of this quantum leap and help guide people to it. On the other hand, if the Biden administration is looking for a, a, an evolution rather than a revolution, an evolution in, in federal CX quality, it need, it's going to need a more technocratic chief customer officer. This is somebody who, um, who, works, uh, um, who works better on incremental improvements, you know, within, within the existing scope of effort. Somebody detail-oriented, somebody efficient, somebody who likes to work on 
uh, concrete challenges within existing frameworks, and somebody with good one-on-one -on -one relationship skills. Uh, and, and this sort of technocratic chief customer officer um, certainly has to have some tolerance for risk and ambiguity, but is more of a, more of a, a um, process-oriented incremental change kind of person. Uh, uh, and one of the key skills that they're going to need is being able to derive actionable insights from a lot of incomplete data. Sure, there's tolerance for ambiguity, but the idea is more on, on quicker incremental improvement. And so it's about, it's about deriving actionable insights fast and then prioritizing improvements within existing frameworks. The danger here is that sometimes folks like this can get stuck in kind of an analysis paralysis, which you don't want. And so you want somebody who can avoid that as well. Yeah, that that type, uh, even in just the way you're talking about it, kind of sounds like the the backup option, right? Like uh, almost the B player. <laughs> um, I mean, again, to your point, depending on how much of a strong commitment there is to CX, but uh, yeah, 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 it can be. It, it's 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 the uh, there's a bad fit in either direction. You know, if you get if you get a visionary in an incrementalist strategy, everybody's going to be frustrated. Not only because the one person because the chief customer officer is going to want to think big and is keeps getting pulled back, but because they don't have the detail oriented change management skills to, to, to make it go. Right. And so and so there's a there's a there's a bad fit in either direction. And and it's it's tempting, um, I think, for a lot of people and for me personally to gravitate towards this revolutionary strategy in federal CX. And I, I, I think that um, I think it'd be hard pressed to find somebody who doesn't think that needs to be the ultimate goal. <laughs> um, but uh, is that, does that need to be the goal for right now, for this moment? Um, maybe, maybe, maybe not. We definitely need to see continued improvement, but should that be more evolution before we're ready to flip the switch toward revolution? You know, that's a, that, that's a, that's a big strategic decision because Federal CX improvements don't happen in a vacuum. There's all kinds of other administration goals and, you know, and, and other policies in play and the politics of the situation and such. And so there's a lot of other factors that are going to have to go into making that decision. So from a timing perspective, Rick, is this like a year out if that management plan is a year out or can this be in place in the next six months? Yeah, you don't need to wait for the for the new president's management agenda or, or, or PMA to to come out, whether it's, you know, tail end of this year, beginning of next year. You don't need to wait for that to come out to um, uh, to create the position of chief customer officer. Um, in fact, um, a chief customer officer could help build the the CX aspect of, of the PMA. So so it does it uh, it doesn't need to wait for that. Uh, but what the what the administration would need is some notion of whether they want this revolution or revolution, so they know what kind of person to to look for. So, Rick, should that person, whoever takes this show, we just talked about the characteristics and which way it could go. Should it be someone from within the federal government, or is there a, an advantage here of bringing somebody from the the private sector into that position? We've seen chief customer officers in individual agencies, you know, or departments around the world, um, be, be successful when they come from the private sector, as well as when they come from government. We've also seen them be unsuccessful when they come from both. Uh, what we find is that, is that in addition to the, um, the personality sort of issues that, that we talked about, what they really need to be is somebody who either already has or can very quickly get 
the respect of the other senior leaders around them. Sometimes that could be private sector. Sometimes it can be government. Um, and they also need to, they need to be a change management expert, whether that's revolutionary or, or evolutionary. Again, that's something you can get from, from both sides. If they come from the private sector, what they've got to be able to do is they've got to be able to translate private sector experience into the government. Um, and some people succeed at that and others don't. If they come from within government, they've got to be able to shake off the uh, institutional culture that they've been embedded in for their career, because now they need to be part of helping lift that off of everyone's shoulders. And we've seen people be able to do that, and we've seen other people fall back into those, those old habits. And so that's the, 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 the pitfall in either direction. Of course, there's advantages to either. If you're coming from the private sector, there's a chance to bring in fresh thinking. If you're coming from government, uh, you, know, you know how the sausage gets made, right? So there's advantages and disadvantages uh, to each. Both can work. So we just talked a lot about why the time is right to have a federal chief customer officer. But the reality on the ground is we don't know if that will happen. Right. So even if there's not one or even in the interim before we get one, what should CX leaders within federal government be doing now to move the ball forward? Sure. I think three things that they they can be doing in addition to continuing to do the good work that they've already been doing. One is be more vocal. Uh, about the big picture changes that they want to see. And, and, and here's what I mean. When I talk to a lot of government uh, uh, CX leaders, one of the things they, they often tell me is they, they say, we want more mandates. We want central mandates from the White House. We want legislation from Congress. Because what they say is, there's a lot of stuff we're trying to do that we know is a good idea here in our individual organizations, but we can't get traction because there's no mandate. Right? And so what they tell me kind of on the side is we want to see more mandates. However, that's not something that by and large government executives go around saying, um, but they should start <laughs> because people won't know that they need it unless they say it. So I've said it, but folks should hear it from them as well. That's thing one. Thing two is stay focused or get more focused on prioritization. So many government organizations are trying to do so much CX stuff that they're never able to put the resources where it makes the most difference. And so there's an opportunity I see everywhere for Folks in government who are, in, whether they're called chief customer officers or it's just something they're doing on the side, but prioritize down on the work that matters most. And all those things that are good ideas but are less uh, um, important, that are going to have less effect, set those good ideas aside for now. Just focus on the handful of things that are the top priorities. And the third thing is think bigger in terms of interagency coordination. Especially there, there are some, there's some, some of these federal agencies that are doing um, especially well, the ones that have had those measurable improvements in the CX index and et cetera. Um, you know, they've got a head of steam behind their work 
And what they can start doing more of now is looking to those interagency partners that are part of their customers' interagency journeys. And, and you know, don't wait, for, don't wait for a central coordinating function. Just start. Get those people together. Do those cross-agency journey maps. You know, uh, 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 look at those cross-agency pain points and start optimizing for the whole journey rather than just your piece of it. And those are three things that are going to have a huge impact on federal CX quality, uh, whether or not we ever get a federal chief customer officer to really bring things really to the next level. Well, thank you, Rick, for joining us today. Great to be with you. Thank you, Rick. Sure thing. If you like what you heard today, subscribe to Forrester's What It Means podcast on iTunes, Google Podcasts, and Spotify, or your favorite podcast player. To continue the conversation, follow Forrester on Twitter, Instagram, and LinkedIn. Thanks for listening.